Super Talk Mississippi media production. State Treasurer David McRae has put millions back into the hands of Mississippi citizens, expanding the state's affordable college and career savings program and also returning record amounts of unclaimed money. Check out how Treasurer David McRae's office can help you, your business, or your organization. Treasury.ms.gov. Howdy, howdy. It's Rhino here, and I wanted to say thank you for listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Get ready, get ready to go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. morning on our favorite day of the week no not tuesday it's friday friday it's friday and father time has entered the chat and he's tapping his foot and looking at his watch saying can we hurry this up that would be my guess dave hughes in uh here in live in the element well studios on middays and uh we we've got scrubs across the board today because over in the box you are not rhino I am not, and my beard is not as impressive as yours. Well, well, <clears throat> we all do what we you, can, you right? you got to gain some weight if you're going to play Santa Claus this year, though. Oh, uh, no, I know where the pillows are kept at, ha- at the house. I know exactly which closet to go into to complete the Santa outfit. It's no problem. I've been, I've been trying to catch up with Rhino. You know, he just bushes out like a, like a, like a shrub. I think he takes steroids or something because his beard... It's like one day he shaves it, and the next day it is full-on Grizzly Adams. Well, that, that's it, because every year he shaves it uh, when we hit a goal uh, at the uh, during the Palmer Home Radiothon, and literally, like, two days later, three days later, it's back to being a beard. And I'm like, yeah, do you, are, you, are you sticking that on? Do you have silly putty under there? How does that work? How you been doing, man? I'm good. You know, it's uh, I was explaining to you, uh, sometimes life is kind of funny and treats you kind of mean. I've been having lawnmower issues. My old push lawnmower hadn't been working. Uh, and, of course, it stops working the one day where it doesn't rain. <laughs> That's always the way, though, and then, right? And then last night, you know, as it's pouring down, I finally get it started. Yes. Well, you've got several days now, so that you've got well, at it's least... Supposed to rain, isn't it supposed to, rain, it's supposed to rain tomorrow at my house? I'm trying not to pay attention to that too much. It depends on what part of the state you're in. Down it, in my part, we're, we're good for a couple of days, I think. Oh, you are? Yeah. yeah. It's been raining a lot, though everywhere right yes just you walk outside it squishes yeah and it's it's a it's a one of those things where you can look on the negative side or you can look on the bright side looking on the negative side it's hitting a moving target to find that day where you can get the grass cut yes that that's the negative side the positive side we don't live in fort lauderdale oh my gosh 25 inches of rain over a 24-hour period how 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 can you even plan for that kind of thing? Uh, National Weather Service called it a one in a thousand year storm. The average rainfall in Fort Lauderdale in the month of April for the entire month three inches. And they got twenty four, twenty five inches. Twenty five point eight one inches in twenty four hours. Oh my gosh. 
it has been almost, I think it's 25 years since they had a month of April where they got up to 20 inches of rain in the month, and that was when a, a early storm came through. And they got all this in 24 hours. 24, it had to, they had shut the whole place down. Everything was underwater. Wow. There is no way to plan in advance to deal with that much water at one time, because that's over an inch an hour continuously for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of water at one time. Uh, so it's going to be sometime around July before they can mow. Yeah. You know, that's never going to dry out at this point. Uh, Mo says, we've gotten three and a half inches over the last 10 days. Yeah, and that seems like a lot. So you can kind of put it in perspective how much 24, 25 inches, whatever it was in Fort Lauderdale. Yes, it's... Uh, Nasty, but that was that storm, and they're saying we have a chance at the end of the month that an early tropical system could develop down in the Gulf. Because, of course, we have a chance for that. It's the way everything's working right now, right? Yeah. So, what I'm saying is, if you find that moving target, and you get the two things to align, sunny, dry weather, and your lawnmower cranking, go ahead and get out there and take care of it while you can, or you're going to have a jungle. <laughs> you don't need the extra I've already complication. Got the ju- I've already got the jungle. Oh, oh, great. Well, see, that's the problem. Once it gets too high, then your little mower isn't going to handle it. Well, because, uh, number one, I'm lazy, and I only mow it you know, when I... You know, I see the neighbors kind of grumbling when they walk outside to throw their trash away, and they look at my yard and sneer. That's when I. That's usually when I decide it's time to mow. I don't know if you can still see the neighbors sneering at you. You haven't let it grow enough yet. <laughs> that that solves the problem. If you don't have the visibility to their house, well, it doesn't matter what expression they have. But you know what? I'm still of the mind that I I, I have to mow it myself. I can't allow another person to mow my grass because I, I told you this earlier I feel my grandfather looking down on me if I allow somebody because I've done that before in the past but if I allow somebody else to mow my grass I feel like I'm letting them down somehow <laughs> my my ancestors my father my grandfathers all look down at me as I hand somebody the money to do it and go back inside with the cold drink and it hasn't <laughs> bothered me yet they can scowl all they want it's not yours yeah, you, you're not paying the mortgage on that thing. I'm tired. I'd like a nap now. You know, so I, I understand where you're coming but from. I, I've, but I've also gotten to the age of where it's relaxing. I enjoy it. You know, when I was younger, I hated it. It was the worst thing. I told somebody one time, you know, I'm going to concrete my whole yard because I don't want any grass because I hate mowing it so much. But now I've gotten to the age, and most of you will get to that point at somewhere or a lot of you will where you feel like wow i get to go outside and mow the grass. i get to go outside and play essentially you know it's the the, the grown-up version of playing in the dirt essentially well and let, let me let me take you a little further down that path you get a little further down the line you're going to reach another point where you're going to realize that something that's even more fun and relaxing is going fishing while somebody else is cutting your grass I haven't reached that stage yeah, yet. You'll get there. Trust me. You'll get there. It's coming. I'm, I'm at the point now um, where, you know, when I edge the lawn, I, lo- I just step back and I look. I go, man, that looks great. Oh, it looks so good. Man, I did a good job. And I, have to, I have to point it out to my – you know how you do? You, you have to point it out to your wife because she, she's not going to say anything otherwise. Uh, what do you think the lawn looks like, babe? Well, uh, It looks good. 
to, to be fair, you didn't compliment her on how well she cleaned the baseboard. Yeah. So, you know, it, it all works out in the end. Check out that, that, that razor-sharp edging we've got going on over there by our, you know, corner. Well, somebody's going to drive over it pretty quick. So, yeah, it, it's just a difference in, in perspective and a difference in focus. But I get it. I understand. Yeah, it's something to take pride in. It's something to, to really, really kind of go, yep, I did that. Yeah. Uh, the problem is, give it a week and a good rain shower, and it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> Looks like you did nothing. So, yeah, uh, we, we finally got someone, uh, what, day before yesterday, I think, uh, out to do hours at my house. Because, again, uh, the, the main problem has been just about every time it dried out enough to be able to cut it, here came another storm. It's like, come on. I should not need a four-wheeler to cut the grass. But that's kind of the point that it got to. Oh, we have been called a double treat on the C Spire text line. A double treat? A double treat. Because it's all scabs all day. I get a visit. He says I get a visit from the from the 256. What is, what is that, Alabama? Uh, I get a visit from the city every year. They know it's... <laughs> Well, mo- you know, most cities, they have uh, an ordinance of how tall your grass is allowed to be before you get a ticket. Yeah. Uh, and it varies from city to city. Uh, usually it's, you know, like six inches. I've seen that one before. I've seen eight inches before. If your grass is taller than that, then just come write you a ticket every day until you cut it. Yeah. Which is kind of a public health thing, because if your grass is tall, well, that's where the rats like to live. So you cut down on the field mice and the snakes and all that kind of stuff, and it just looks better. And I get all of that, but they never bothered to chip in to, you know, help keep it yeah. keep it up. Put so. some non-ethanol gas in the tank. How about it? Oh, you need one of those electric mowers, don't you know? I, 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 have you seen those things? They have the, the all-electric, like, push mowers? So I, I actually researched one of those and i don't think they're quite there yet yeah this is my perspective i don't think they're i don't have battery powered weed eater and all that kind of stuff and it for me i've got a not that big of a lot so it's fine but they're not quite there yet but they have made a huge improvement from where they were maybe two or three years ago uh but they are nowhere near the 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 mowers they're nowhere near that yet at the same time, states like California, um, I believe it's 2030, or maybe even before that, where they're outlawing all small engines. Yes. So Any- if you got an old push mower and it dies and you want to go buy another one and you live in California, uh, at a certain point, you will not be able to do that. Yes. Because they will outlaw the new sales of them. That is in place. That you just won't be able to get them anymore. Which means the updated version, when they finally get around to rebooting the Smokey and the Bandit movie franchise, they're not running cases of beer. Not in this climate. They're no. running Briggs and Stratton motors. Yes. <laughs> yes, they're running Briggs and Stratton, a whole trailer full of it. Westbound and down. <laughs> you watch. That's coming. That's going to happen. We're going to have some fun today. Got some good stuff coming up. We'll get into uh, all of that when we return here on Middays, live in the Element Wealth Studios on Super Talk Mississippi. 7.3. Check it out. Let's do this. The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. 
Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Let's get on with it. On Super Talk Mississippi. You know, when it's good enough, you only need the one hit. Yeah. yeah there's no sense in stretching yourself at that Steelers point. Steelers Will. Name another song by Steelers Will. I dare you. Most you people, could probably have a, a, a good internet connection and not figure out another hit by them. Most people couldn't name who sang that song. That's true. And you know what? They don't care. The residual checks keep showing up at the house. <laughs> That's all they're worried about. That so. was, uh, it's actually, it's Jerry Rafferty. Oh, wait, hold on. And if only we had an expert in the room. We have a Steelers Wheel uh, expert that just walked in. No, I didn't, I, didn't, I, I didn't walk in to be an expert. I just walked in because I thought that Michael Madsen was in here. Dancing around. Dancing around. <laughs> that that was a, probably a pretty decent guess. It was wrong, because now what we've got is you. Oh, well, I'll dance around in here and cut somebody's ear off. Will, I just remembered I've got somewhere else to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wasn't that not... Jerry Rafferty? What? Wasn't that Jerry Rafferty? Wasn't that Jerry Rafferty, he said. Steeler's Will? No. I thought it was Steeler's Wheel. It's Steeler's Wheel, but was it he Steelers in Steeler's Wheel? What? Was he in Steeler's Wheel? Jerry, Jerry Rafferty? Rafferty? I don't remember. I don't think if only was. there was a machine that they invented that where we could look up pretty much anything piece of information. Let's see. What are you see. saying? You know, you mean something like a Well, digital? you know, I thought I had the expert in here. Some sort of digital research device, perhaps. Maybe with a keyboard. Huh. Joe E. Egan and Jerry Rafferty. Okay. Wow. I did not realize Rafferty was in Steeler's Wheel. Okay. They were only active for three years. <laughs> Which is two more than it. I thought. <laughs> two more than I thought. Yeah. I, th- I thought they got together, recorded Stuck in the Middle with you, and then broke for lunch and never came back. <laughs> Well, they had to go back and re- they had to go back and mix it. Uh, true, true. Well, they may have had they may have had some guy come in to do that for them. You know, why why kill their time? Yeah, that's true. You know, they they had things to do to get ready to spend the residual money from their one and only hit. Hey man, you still playing it? Yes, that's and that, and the checks keep coming. That's now, what Jer- Jerry, of course, is not getting a check. No, no, he is not. The estate of Jerry could possibly be still receiving some deposits, but not Jerry himself. Right, and the Egan fellow, I don't know, is he still with us? Uh, let's see. Or is he doing Delvis' No, well? he's he's still kicking. Selling insurance Living in Paramus? In, What's he doing now? <laughs> Living in Scotland. Oh, see, the checks are, the checks are absolutely yeah. clear. The, sitting there by the lock and enjoying the, <laughs> the the checks are being delivered by international courier now, but he's still getting them. Sitting there and eating him some haggis and enjoying those royalty checks. Yeah, you have to wonder the way. I guess it depends on the way it was set up. He could be getting all of it now. 
if Jerry didn't take care of his business or doesn't have any descendants, no, no, don't 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 add any more weirdness to music the music business. Well, I'm just saying at that point, if there's any suspicion about what happened to Jerry, we have a suspect with a motive now. <laughs> We need to do a podcast. It's time. These things are popular. We can run with this. And everybody will hear the subject and immediately with just rabid interest go, who? Yeah. I think what killed Jerry, though, was uh, the juice, right? Yes. Jerry. uh, The juice? Jerry, not not OJ. Oh, <laughs> I know exactly where you went. <laughs> wait a minute. Was he in the house, too? Let's see, 2011, so he might have been out of the big house. and uh, Cato was available. on the couch. Cato Jerry was, was in Cato the recliner. In the... <laughs> see, it was, it was just a whole setup. Well, as usual, we've gone completely off the rails. Thanks for joining us. We all, we all talking about something serious? No. <laughs> have you met us? It's I've Friday. Worked with, I've worked with you before. Yes, yeah, you're familiar with how this goes. I worked goes. with him, but it was dark. <laughs> It was dark? Scoreboard show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that doesn't count, though. That's a totally different problem. It wasn't a problem. Yeah, well, you're up late. Oh, God. Oh, don't don't start with me. If it wasn't a problem, why aren't you still doing it? Um... Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on, come on. You, you want to go? We can go. Let's go. My, my wife won't let me stay out that late anymore. Okay, yeah, that's a valid reason. I like that. <laughs> I like that. We're being told it's Gary, not Jerry. Is it Gary? Oh, Have God. we gone for the past 30 it's, it, years? It's spelled G-E-R-R-Y. Yeah. I'm, I've always heard it as Jerry. I have, too. Yeah. That's so. Gary? Well, somebody's saying that. Is he from... Yeah, from the six six two. He's from England. He's from England. If you're he? not from Scotland, come on now. You You don't... How do you know? <laughs> is is that the phone number of Egan? Is is that him? <laughs> Just getting a getting a dig in, getting a dig in while he can, kicking right. him while he's down. That's another whole song. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you wandered in though, because you're the expert on this kind of stuff. No, That's no. one of the great one hit wonders, though, right? That is, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you, that is the true definition of you can't name a you can't name. A song, another song that they ever produced, but we're still playing it, right? No, that's true, and most people recognize it. You, and most you start people, playing that's it. Thing, yeah. yeah, I still think we should bring up Michael Madsen with the Razor Boy. <laughs> you don't get that? Is it just me? One oh, of the one of the great cameos is Stephen um, Wright as the DJ in that that movie. <laughs> You don't yes. see his face, you just hear you just his hear voice. Him. Yeah. Super sounds of the seventies keeps on trucking. Eddie Kendricks. Yeah. <laughs> we can do this you all know, day. Yeah, that that's what I was just thinking. <laughs> uh, here's the rest of the show right here. The whole thing. I got I got I gotta go see my accountant. <laughs> Did did you work your way into getting Jerry's part of the <laughs> no the proceeds? Would I get up at three o'clock in the morning if I were getting Jerry's part of the proceeds? No, no, you would not. <laughs> you wouldn't own an, any device that had an alarm on it if you were getting those proceeds. So yes, it makes perfect sense. What is it? All down the line? 
That that show. Oh yeah, that one too. Yeah, I forgot right, about right that. Right down one. the line, yeah. Right down, right down the line. All Baker down Street. the line is the Stone song. Yeah, that's a whole different thing. And then uh, Baker Street is yeah, that Baker Street. Yeah. yeah. Those checks keep on coming. We're getting close to reaching the point that Stephen Tyler of Aerosmith is at. Have you seen that story? That I, I think it was was it Joe Perry? Somebody told on him that he heard the original Aerosmith version of Dream On and ran to him and said, man, we need to cover this. We could kill this. This is great. <laughs> and that's when he realized he had a problem and went into rehab. True, that's a true part of the story. He did not remember that was their song. Didn't recognize himself singing it. Said, so we ought to do a cover of this, man. This is like our sound. This would be perfect. So we're all kind of at that point now. That's that's where we're living. Are you trying to tell me the dude was... I can't say that, can I? No. Okay. No. But I think we all know where you were going. Well, they call them toxic twins for a reason, that right? A, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So because of the cloud of particles and residue that surrounded them wherever they went. Uh, but, yeah, I think we're all kind of edging in that direction. Well, all right. No, we're not. <laughs> The fact that you agreed and then disagreed kind of proves my point. Leave me out of this. Did I ask you to come in here? No, yeah, I look up and well, you're standing there. I, you might as well have. I was thinking. I know you can. We have very different definitions of invitation. <laughs> I see that now. Uh, seriously, you're always welcome to come in here when I'm here. I appreciate it. We don't get to hang out like we used to, so. We occasionally text each other a joke that only the two of us would did ever possibly my, did, understand. Did you get my text? Yes, I thought I, I thought I replied. You did not. Okay, I'm going to reply to that. I'll, I'll reply to that. I'll send back and go, I saw it. Thank you. You know, some, something uh, very meaningful, heartfelt like that. Okay. And then move forward. I'm yeah. sure you have tons of things you want to talk about today. Nah. No. Really? You got any guests coming in? Oh, yeah. We got guests coming in. We got Kelly Bimmick coming in next hour. Is she here or is she going to be on the television? Definitely. Also, <laughs> we have Roger We have Roger Barrett, uh, who is with the Patriot Guard Riders. You know, the guy that uh, they're, they're flying into the airport today. Uh, from the Korean War that they finally located his remains. And they're going to be escorting him, as they always do. So, it's a good story. This ain't my first rodeo. (laughs) It's a good story. It's very good. So, that's that's coming up at the 12 o'clock hour. So, yes, we have guests. Well, I won't be among them. Anymore. You have to say anymore because you've now been a guest. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Perez... He's available for our birthday parties? <laughs> no, no, he's not. <laughs> I used to do that. Not anymore. Ask him to tie you a balloon animal and sit back and enjoy the hilarity. <laughs> That's all you have to do. <laughs> Always good to see you, man. We will continue coming up next. Keep it here. With Gerard Gibbert. Welcome, welcome to our show on Super Talk Mississippi. Okay, now you have a good one.
Welcome back. Super Talk Mississippi Live in the Element Wealth Studios. Dave Hughes here. Will East over there in the box. Got you hermetically sealed over there. Yeah. Yeah. Just like a good cup of pudding. Uh, if you haven't heard, yeah. Pudding Gate 2023. This is a big deal. And I have to admit, okay, this is a very frivolous topic. This is a very minor thing to call out during the middle of a battle for a presidential nomination. But at the same time, Ron, really? So uh, it's been revealed that on a flight that Ron DeSantis uh, ate pudding with his hands. Yeah. Chocolate pudding, just scooping it up with his fingers and shoving it in his in his mouth. They don't have. I mean, there. You can argue, you know, the, whether he's wrong about this or that. But the guy's pretty popular in his state, pretty popular across the nation. And so this is the um, ammo that they have against him is his pudding habit pudding eating habits. Well, that's what I was going to point out. If this is what they're already down to, there must not be that much they feel that they can legitimately attack. So whenever you're running for president, I would suspect that they go through, that your opponents go through your background and they find, they dig up all the dirt, anything they can find on you. And so far with Ron DeSantis, this is all they found. He eats his pudding weird. But the other interesting side of this is that, yes, maybe he did it. He hasn't said whether he did, but somebody claims that he did on a flight one time. And I don't know whether he didn't have a spoon or what. But anyway, the reason why we know all this is not because of the Democrats, though. It's because of former President the, Donald Trump. This, the the he Trump is, campaign. He is running an ad that is going after Ron DeSantis and basically recreating his uh, method of eating chocolate pudding. And it says, Ron DeSantis loves sticking his fingers where they don't belong. The ad ran during Fox and Friends this morning, and it has a man in a suit sits down, eats pudding with three of his fingers. Yes. Yes. This is where we're at in this is This is the level the discourse has risen, well, sunken to. You know what? Let's not worry about all that policy for a second. How do you eat your pudding? These are the substantive issues we've got to address. And I get it. They were trying to use that as the hook to hang uh, some criticisms on. But it just, come on, guys. This is where we're at now. This is what we consider to be viable discussion. Can you imagine uh, Reagan or Bush, either one of them, or, or even Clinton, Coming up with that idea for an ad <laughs> as something to focus on, yeah, it's a little ridiculous. It, it what just was is. George H. W. Bush? What was his famous ad against uh, Dukakis? Was the uh, Willie Horton? Yeah, you know, they let this this guy out on um, leave essentially from prison, and he kills someone, or I can't remember the exact story. And now, and now it's pudding. Now it's pudding. Well, this is the level it's gotten to, in general. And you know, you have inadvertently given me an opening to go on a mini rant here, so just buckle up, buttercup. Uh, Because I've noticed something, and this comes from a psychological point of view, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this. 
we have a situation where everyone is so divided, everybody is fighting amongst themselves, much less against the other side. It's all based on emotion. Everybody is stirred up. Social media does not help that because, quite frankly, you know someone personally that, in your opinion, doesn't really need to be able to give their opinion to a whole bunch of people at once. You, if somebody popped in your head when I said that. You mm-hmm. saw their face. You know what I'm t- But they all can now. So everybody stays stirred up all the time, 24-7, 365. But here's the situation politically. You have the liberals. Everything with them is about feelings, right? Yeah. That's pretty common knowledge. Every every approach to everything that they come out with is based on feelings. You know, we you, you must be caring. You must be understanding. Meanwhile, on the conservative side, it's all about common sense and logic. Well, that's how it started. Now it's about feelings, too. Can you believe he eats his pudding this way? Yeah, so it, we were kind of co-opting some of that, which in a way would be good, but I don't think we're doing it the right way, but I'll get to that in a minute. Here's the thing. Normally, we're about, you know, common sense and and thinking things through and doing things the right way and uh, having good morals and good intentions and taking care of the business that needs to be taken care of. You cannot combat an emotional argument with a logical argument and win. Period. It doesn't work that way. It's the reason why, you know, a lot of people blame say mainstream news is so liberal and you know they say it's because the professors at the college level and that a lot of that's true but i think a big reason why is because the sad story sells is when you talk about i don't know take a subject any subject and you break it down to you know how it affects one person you know you can make that 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 just sounds so terrible and everything, and how dare these people pass a law. I think yes. a lot of times the Republicans are looking at it from a 10,000, or not all of them, but some of them, are looking at it from the 10,000-foot macro point of view. Yes. You know, how will this affect the nation as a whole? Yes. Whereas a lot of times people on the more progressive liberal side, they're looking at the one individual they and they're selling the, that story. Yes, the emotion, the the feelings on it. Like, like for instance, uh, something that's in the news right now is college uh, loan debt forgiveness. Is A lot of times, watch, watch what the media does. They'll take an individual who seems like they're a hard-working, go-getting person who's signed up and has $100,000 worth of college debt college loan debt, and they'll talk about how he can't feed his family and how he has to work three jobs, and, you know, they go through all this stuff, and it really makes it sound so sympathetic, and you go, wow, you know what, maybe we should do something. But they're not looking at it from the big point of view. Right. They don't you know, look the at the rest of the dominoes. Was, you, know, you know, going on uh, spring break and partying and blowing all their money, and that's it's like college loan money that they were blowing that whole time. They don't look at that. No. No, and that's the way it works. But the example that I came up with, and so far everyone I've told this to is like, oh, okay, now I get it. If you're, you're uh, and I hate to pick on one particular gender, but it's a cliche, so I'm going to use it because it's understandable. If your wife, your girlfriend, your fiancé, whoever, gets really upset, she's really upset with you. She, she, you, you have pulled a boneheaded move, as you are prone to do, and you know it. 
uh, and she is irate. She's in her feelings. It's emotional for her. She is worked up. So guys, if we want to follow the same tack we're following politically, what you need to do in that situation is look at her and in a very calm, rational voice say, Honey, calm down. It's not that bad. Let me know how that works and then translate that to the way we're dealing with things politically. Because I'm sorry, we're evenly divided pretty much down the middle. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Which means the ones in the middle that aren't on the far right or the far left are the ones that are actually deciding the elections. And whoever convinces them to come to their side wins. Most people, I, I've, I've come to believe over the years, most people want what is reasonable. Yes. And they don't want freedoms taken away. I think that's why the abortion issue right now is hurting Republicans. Uh, you saw it in Wisconsin uh, recently with their Supreme Court deal. That Supreme Court judge, who's pretty liberal, ran up against a conservative. She it was supposed to be a very you know down the middle, 50-50. She won by, I think, 11 points. Yes. Wasn't even close. Wasn't even close. And it, it was on the abortion issue. And it... People may tell you, yeah, I'm against abortion, but in reality, when they get to that ballot box, same deal with marijuana, a lot of other stuff, they don't want things taken away from them. They don't want things taken off the table. Right, and I think you're exactly right, and if you don't believe it, watch the election results when they go in the voting booth and cast that ballot and nobody knows what it was for. They don't have to live up to anybody's expectations. They don't have to face anybody down that's screaming, why did you do that? They just go do what they're going to do, and you wind up with that kind of situation. Kansas, a perfect example of it. A pretty red state overwhelmingly allowed abortion to continue in that state. Yes. So what we have to do is start using our heads, okay? If you're trying to sell a car, you don't go find people that don't have a car or are driving a worse model car than you and get in their face, call them a couple of sarcastic names, and then scream at them about how stupid they are. They're not buying your car at that point. And then you wonder why you go out of business. Well, that's why. Nobody wants to buy your car because you're being a jerk about it. The first side to figure this out wins. For the foreseeable future. The first side that can quit the nonstop sniping and snarling and fighting with the people they're trying to convince, they're in good shape. Because it's those in the middle that aren't already committed to one side or the other that are deciding everything right now. Because the two sides are split down the middle. So we need to start doing a sales job instead of a preaching service. And I think we'll see better results. We need to see better results. That's a pretty obvious three. Bring the stories that matter most to Mississippians. Gerard Gibbert, Middays with Gerard, Super Talk, Mississippi. Jerry. It's Jerry. It's Jerry. Come on. I don't know. Scottish people are weird. Well, okay, that's a fair point. 
It's a fair point. You know what haggis is? Their, yes, their national I do. dish? Yes. Well, when you don't have anything else to eat, I guess you go with that. <laughs> I mean, who came up with that idea? I'm sorry, if your chef has ever even thought of uttering the words, hand me that intestine, <laughs> you need a new restaurant. You need to go somewhere else. Yeah, okay, sorry to creep you out like that. The ceasefire text line asking if there were uh, any updates regarding Jackson's garbage situation. Well, I think it's up to about three feet now. It's pretty bad. I took a drive down one of the main roads last Saturday, so this is almost a week ago, and I couldn't believe how much trash. Of course, there was a lot of rain, so rain, garbage, and entrepreneurs have stepped up. The, go- the last I saw, the going rate was about fifteen bucks. So you pay fifteen. You call, you message this person on Facebook, and there's several of them. Message this person on Facebook, fifteen bucks. They'll come pick up all your trash. They won't pick up all your junk. They're gonna take away a mattress or anything like that. But they'll take away your trash, fifteen bucks yeah. each trip. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're still paying the garbage portion of your bill to the city. That's my understanding as well. Which is <sighs> so at that point, come on. Let's be honest here. It's one of the things, I don't know if you've seen the movie Joker um, with that was released a couple of years ago in 2019, yeah. but the the beginning of that movie, the whole background is set upon a garbage, in their, their case, a garbage strike, and how they don't really talk about it, but it's kind of uh, hinted at. Garbage is something that you see and you smell. Yes. You know, a water issue... Yeah, you can see it, smell it if it's brown coming out of the faucet, but you can get bottled water, you can deal with it, and it's it's not comfortable. But trash is something, and it just keeps piling up day after day after day after day. And I, I talked to somebody who's a resident yesterday who is just so frustrated, they don't know what to do. Yeah, and it, the, the problem is the leadership is busy fighting amongst themselves from what I can see. I'm an out-of-towner. I'm just looking at it from the outside in. It looks like everybody is much more invested in making sure that they prove they're right than trying to solve the problem for the citizens. Meanwhile, they have set themselves up, if I had to guess, for one heck of a class action lawsuit if they're charging people for a service they're not providing. I don't think I don't think they're looking down that far no. the road. No, they're not. But meanwhile, when you've got two weeks' worth of garbage that is piled up and no end in sight, uh, I mean, it this was, is not it good. Was, when I was driving down this, it was down State Street, down, beautiful homes, big piles of garbage on at every single house. Yes. And this was a week ago. It's going to be worse. That's going to lead to insect problems. It's going to lead to, to rats, to snakes, to... Trash pandas are about to become an epidemic. You're going to have stuff everywhere going on that leads to a health-related issue uh, until you get it fixed. And at this point, I think what is escaping a lot of people's attention over at City Hall is, very quickly, no one is going to care who's right. Yeah. Nobody is going to care at all. With with the smell and the trash, at some point you go, I don't care. I don't care which one of you is right. Just get it done. And they, they're probably—I mean, most people are probably at that point already. Um, but I don't know how long this is going to last. It's uh, well uh, until we get uh, 
until we can all manage to pick up our own enlightened self-interest and set it over to the side and actually deal with the problem and solve it, it's not going to end. It's going to keep going. There are businesses, of course, businesses, this is not really impacting businesses so much because most of those companies pay for private, you know, they have a dumpster. pickup. Yeah. Uh, it's not uncommon to see locks on those big garbage cans, garbage dumpsters, whatever they are. It's I, I saw one yesterday had a had a chain and a locker like they were mm-hmm. you know hoarding gold in that thing. They were just trying to keep people from putting trash in there. Yes, they are hoarding gold. Safe sanitary trash disposal. It's at a premium in the city of Jackson right now. So we go from and I've got friends all over the country and we talk about this and I had one I was talking to about this the other day said okay let me get this straight at one point they were advising people to keep their mouth shut while they showered in the city of Jackson because Lucian, Lucian told me that Lucian yeah. Smith who fills in um, yes. occasionally here she was telling us you know uh, that when then it, when it comes to that Things have gotten extremely bad. You throw trash on top of it. And now, nobody's picking up the trash unless you pay extra above what you're already paying the city to do what they're not doing. They do have some 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 locations where you can take your trash, but if you yeah. if you got a small if you're think about it, if you're elderly, you got a small car, maybe you don't even have a car. What are you going to do then? Well, watch it pile up. That's your only option. And we don't care because we got to prove we're right. Notice I haven't said who's right. I don't care. Pick the freaking trash up. It's your, literally your job to make sure that happens. News up next. Get ready. Get ready to go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Starting the 11 o'clock hour in the Element Well Studios with a quick correction. Hi, I'm not Gerard. Just wanted to make, well, it said that right at the top, so I wanted to make sure everybody's on board here. Dave Hughes filling in for Gerard today. And over in the booth, we've got uh, today's emergency rhino supply, Will East, who is joining us as well. Uh, something I wanted to get into quickly, I wanted to mention, we talked about this uh, earlier. Uh, this morning, uh, Paul had uh, Brookhaven Police Chief Kenneth Collins on talking about uh, the devil. Literally, a great interview. Go back and pick it up on replay if you can, because Chief Collins, great job he's been doing. Good police chief, good guy. What they didn't have time to get into is they just made a change in Brookhaven about a week ago. Uh, they decided so, the. So, so tell us real quick before you get into that what the situation is and why he was on. There, there is a little pack of uh, criminals running around. Hooligans. Yeah. Uh, like 13, 14 years old. The ringleader of this little pack has, uh, he refers to himself as the devil. That's his street name, if you will. I'm the devil. And they're going around, they're shooting guns, they're they're doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, So, you know, they're in the process of bringing them in. They're having, you have to go through the process. You can't just go snatch them up and run off. Uh, but they are to the point, Chief Collins said this morning, they're to the point where they're just waiting on the judges to sign off on the paperwork. They know who it is. They got everything lined up. They got the evidence. They're going to go get them. 
And he brought attention to it because, well, it's kind of an unusual situation in terms of the name, in terms of what happens. Uh, Branding. Yeah. It's not unusual. This is going on everywhere uh, at an epidemic pace, it seems like, right now. Uh, But about a week ago, the Board of Aldermen, they've they've had some back and forth. You heard the chief this morning talking about, uh, you know, they're getting a new camera system. They're getting a new, uh, trying to get a new 911 call center put in. uh, A lot of different things that they're doing to improve the safety in the area. There's been a lot of arguments between the police chief, Kenneth Collins, who was on the show this morning, and the Board of Aldermen in Brookhaven uh, over all sorts of stuff. Officer retention, getting new officers in, cutting officers, uh, the security systems, new cameras, everything else. So last week, the Board of Aldermen in Brookhaven uh, made a move. The police chief, Kenneth Collins, is elected. That position in Brookhaven is elected. Every four years, people go to the polls and vote for who they want their police chief to be. Kind of like you do with sheriff everywhere. There's not a whole lot of those in the state. Nine total. Nine. Well, now eight. Because last week, the Board of Aldermen in Brookhaven voted to turn that into an appointed position instead of an elected position. So Chief Collins will finish out his term through 2025, and then the board will appoint whoever they want to be police chief. So this is a little bit of a thing going on. Like I said, they didn't get a chance to talk about it this morning on the air. Uh, but it's kind of a unique situation, in large part because there, there were only nine cities in Mississippi, nine municipalities, where the police chief was elected. Everywhere else is appointed, so it's kind of a, a regular thing. So uh, needless to say, there's a little, well, to use a technical term, going on back and forth over this entire situation. Uh, Chief Collins told WLBT last week, quote, they've been working on it ever since they've been in office to get me out of office because if you can't win fair and square, if that's what you need to do, you find an underhanded way to get rid of a person. There's a little bit of strife going on right now in the middle of all this happening. So I, I just wanted to point that out because, again, they literally ran out of time this morning. They were talking about this and security and how to better increase safety for people all over the state and specifically in Brookhaven. It was a good conversation. You need to go listen to it. It was great. Yeah. But they did not have time to dive into this. And I just wanted to mention it and throw it out there that there's a whole separate issue going on uh, that has gotten some attention statewide, but they just didn't have time to touch on it. Does that impact the whole thing with the devil? No, it's two separate things. Yeah. Well, we had Chief Collins on, and I just wanted to throw that out there. That's interesting, electing a police chief. Yeah. Well, and if you think about it, you do that with sheriff. You do. The only thing I would say is that sheriff is more, there's a lot more administration in the county. Uh, I'm not, it may not be the same for all counties across. I mean, the sheriff in some counties... Is basically a mayor. I mean, you think about it, of yeah. that county. Yeah. I mean, because they have so many responsibilities. And in addition to law enforcement, uh, whereas a police chief for a city, you know, you're just you're the chief of police. So I don't know. Uh, I, I can see some pros and cons to that. Yes, and you can argue it in the other direction. Okay, then why don't we elect the fire chief? Why don't we elect the exactly. head of public works? And why some don't people we... do elect the fire chief. And yeah. some people elect the... 
You know, corner's one that's that's very interesting to me. Uh, that I don't know if I guess all counties elect a corner. Yes. <clears throat> I don't know. To me, coroner, I, I, and this is a personal thing because I know several coroners. I got one's a very good friend of mine. Uh, that that you you find somebody willing to do that job and give it to them because <laughs> you could not give me that job. <laughs> you get called out. You of almost three in have the to have somebody elected because you can't appoint anybody because they might say, well, "I don't want to do that." You're going to have no applications if you go for the appointment. There's got to be a little extra something something in yeah. there because again, you're going to get a call at three in the morning in the driving rain in December to go out and see why why that guy's no longer alive. Yeah, I, I'm not interested in that as a as a position. And my hat is off to anybody that does that. Yeah, that is, we cannot pay those people enough, in my opinion. Because that's one of those jobs, oh, come on. You really think, we don't like to think about it, but you really get down into the nuts and bolts and think about what a coroner does. Yeah, just, just we need to tip them. That should yeah. be a tipping profession, because come on. Well, I, yeah, I don't know about all that, but I'll tell you, if you if you live in a city and the city council is fighting the police on money and budgets and all this kind of stuff, that ain't, that ain't good. Because... You need as much of it as you could possibly get. Yes. You need more than you could than you think you do. That's exactly right. So uh, the the other comment, and you know the the to give equal time here and and present both sides of this, uh, you know the the board and the the head of the board of aldermen down there says it's got nothing to do with get ridding him getting rid of him. This is just a change we think we need to make to make the city operate better. That that's their stance on this. Uh, Meanwhile, Chief Collins's thing, uh, his his stance on this is, quote, you got people with no law enforcement experience trying to make decisions about law enforcement, end quote. That's a good point. That is a valid point. And that's a point that, to me, goes hand in hand with the problem that we have had. Have you seen the congressional hearings from a couple of weeks ago on TikTok? We had yes. a bunch of old people humiliate themselves. It, it was hand-in-hand hand with the Internet as a series of tubes, and aren't we concerned we're going to tip the island over if we get too many people on one end? That same level of awareness of what you're supposed to be in charge of and making the laws to control, and you literally don't even know what you're talking about, and you just proved it. That's one of the unfortunate sides of democracy is that sometimes you get people in charge who are don't know what they're doing basically yeah and uh that that leads to problems but i think what leads to problems is not that you don't have people that don't understand things there there are plenty of things i don't understand there's more that i don't understand than there are that i do and i think everybody if they're honest could say that it's not being able to admit that it's not being able to say, oh, well, I, I just don't know anything about that. Let me go find out something about this. Let yeah. me go lean on some experts and talk to them and the get this smart explained ones do. to them. That's right. what the smart politicians do is they, they, they get educated on it. They bring in experts. You know, I always look to Reagan. Reagan was a guy who was not afraid to bring in somebody who was smarter than him, and he would say that on a subject. And I think that's why he was such a great communicator and a great leader. Yes, uh, because he would always bring in somebody who knew what they were doing, whether he agreed, he might not agree with them politically, but he would bring in somebody he knew who knew what they were doing um, 
to handle it. Understands the functioning, understands the nuts and bolts. So yes, I can buy into that argument because why would you be making decisions proudly on something you literally don't have any experience or knowledge of? We saw that in the congressional hearings, making all these big puffed up statements. Uh, and it was obvious that you had no, you, you probably don't even own a smartphone, or if you do, your grandkids helped you put the apps on the front screen. And that's a problem that we need to address. Why isn't that the top qualification anymore when we're looking for somebody to run for office? Smarts? Not even just IQ, street smarts, anything at this point. All you got to do is stand in front of a camera, talk about religion for a second, thump a Bible, and then say your kids are all about to be killed by the other guy. And and we're off to the races. We might need to dig a little deeper than that. Just my thought. Up next, Kelly Bennett joins us from Super Talk Mississippi News. Keep it here. That keeps Mississippi talking. We're rolling. Hit it. Go. Play it. Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. Very good. Welcome back. Super Talk Mississippi. Dave Hughes in for Gerard in the Element Well Studios. And joining us now... From Super Talk Mississippi News, Kelly Bennett. How you doing today, Kelly? I'm doing great, Dave. How about you? I don't think we've ever gotten an opportunity to speak with each other. We have kind of cool. We have passed each other in the virtual hall. That's as close as it's ever gotten, I think. And, and I, I was having that same thought. I was about to say the same thing. It's great to talk to you too. Uh, now, one thing before we even dig into everything, because heaven knows there's plenty to talk about when it comes to the news. Uh, There's a little bit of confusion sometimes, I think, and I want to make sure that we make this perfectly clear. What is Super Talk Mississippi News? What's your function? What do you guys do? Oh, I love an open-ended question like that, Dave. You're welcome. No problem. we're a news team that operates separately from all the great content that you hear with Paul Gallo and Gerard, uh, yourself, all the different guests we have and all the talk shows on the Super Talk Network. Those kind of function separately. And then uh, those of us that are on the news team are busy uh, in our own little departments every day, putting together news, writing news, producing news. And we take these fantastic long-form interviews that you guys do. This is one of my favorite things to do, actually. And we make sense of them and turn them into uh, news stories, basically. So it's very synergistic. Uh, Even though we're all in the same building, all very different duties going on. And then our news goes out over like 50 different radio stations across the state of Mississippi, So really, you could start on the Gulf Coast, I guess you could call me the Gulf Coast Bureau, and then you could drive north through the state of Mississippi, and you'll hear us all the way up to stations like the one in Tupelo. 
Kelly Bennett, of course, currently stationed in our South Bureau. That's uh, what South we'll call it. We, yes. we get you a sign to hang on the wall down there, Kelly. But I think probably uh, <laughs> in recent times, and I, by recent times, I mean the last decade or so, the line between journalism and opinion content has blurred to a ridiculous level. But that's the difference here. You're journalists. True. I run my mouth. Right. It's it's two different things. Well. <laughs> I just call it what yes. it is, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of fact-checking going on and research and other things like that that you guys don't see that's going into the news. But um, I've been doing this for 30-plus years, Dave, and I just love it. Love it. No, there's no other career like it in the world, uh, you know, beside informing people. I don't know where where you go from there. And, and talking to people and connecting with them and being a part of their lives, it's a huge thing. And you guys get to do it on a very nuts and bolts level because you get to talk about some of the things that are important to the people that aren't in the media and kind of dig into them and get some details. And I said right at the beginning, we don't have a shortage of things to talk about. Uh, we we have until 1 o'clock, so we might as well go ahead and run through it at this point. Uh, what, what are some of the things that, that are bubbling up to the top for you, news story-wise, right now in, in the state? Well, I pulled a few of the bigger stories from this week before I came in to talk to you. And I guess the big thing is for a lot of folks, tax deadlines coming up next week. And it's actually going to be April 18th this year, because obviously the 15th is tomorrow. That's a Saturday in D.C. They celebrate something called Emancipation Day on the 17th. And that's why for most taxpayers, it's the 18th that's your big due day. Uh, but... There's a caveat in here this time because residents and businesses that survived that big tornado outbreak in Mississippi at the end of March, the IRS has extended your deadline to July 31st. I'm going to say that one more time real slowly. That's July 31st. Um, but they are recommending that people in those areas, if you're going to wait until July 31st, probably go ahead and file for an extension. You know, and I'm sorry, for, forget not knowing where your where your receipts are. You don't know where the room wound right. up that the receipts were in. So they've got a hill to climb up there to, to file the tax. They may need longer than the end of July. Look, Dave, I feel such empathy for the people that were hit by those tornadoes in so many different communities and such destruction. And I'm a Katrina survivor, so... I can totally relate. I remember walking around the block after Katrina, and you might see two houses left, and, you know, five of the houses on your block are gone, and it was just really weird, the destruction. And then you had all these emergency people coming in going, okay, we're going to help you out with temporary housing if you lost your home. All these agencies are doing this again. All this information is up at supertalk.fm. If you're able to, if you're able to get online and you survive those tornadoes, I highly recommend you go there because, you know, you can get uh, loss of employment benefits. You can get food replacement if you were on SNAP. There's another program coming into play. It's called DSNAP, which I'm pretty sure the D stands for disaster SNAP benefits. And that comes into play after a disaster like this tornado or hurricanes or whatever it may have been. In fact, as of this week, 
More than 7.7 .7 million in federal assistance has been approved for these residents. And this is in different counties, Carroll, Humphreys, Monroe, Montgomery, Panola, and Sharkey counties. And you still hear these, these stories from these people. They're just so, it, it takes me right back to Katrina and all these weird stories, people hanging onto trees to survive when the floodwaters came in, you know, that kind of thing. And I was feeling so hopeful because this week, actually today, South Delta Middle School in Sharkey County reopened and students were able back to go back to school today. Wow. So think about how long that's been. But then you hear from some of these students that are expected to go back and they're like, man, I don't have my house. You know, I lost friends. I don't even live there anymore. I've been forced to move. And just the, the, what they're going through, I can't even put it into words, Dave. It, it's just, I know it's a lot and it's overwhelming. And and I know this because I've been there, you know. It's a cataclysmic upheaval of your entire life. Every single aspect of your life is touched just, when something like this happens. Yes. And you have to rebuild the entire structure, the entire routine from scratch because mm -hmm. everything is different. And I don't think people realize what they're going through unless it's something you've been through before you know power was out i lost all my food you know you talk about the trash services in jackson i don't even know if the trash services are back in these areas think of the debris that they're still working on and they're still taking donations all that information is up at supertalk.fm as well please you know what really does my heart good though to see the people stepping in to help out and there's a lot of that going on. So you get those positive stories. Another big thing that's deadline-wise that I wanted to bring up, Medicaid enrollment. We had the COVID pandemic and basically the feds came in and said, look, you can't knock anybody off the Medicaid rolls during the pandemic. Well, that's officially come to an end. So everybody in Mississippi that's receiving Medicaid benefits has to re-enroll. And a lot of these people don't know how to do it. They've never been through the re-enrollment process before. And uh, we talked with a physician earlier this week and he said, my big fear is that a lot of people aren't even aware that they need to re-enroll and they're just gonna get dropped from Medicaid. And again, you talk about catastrophic, that would be horrible for these families. So again, you can find that information, make sure you're updating your information with them and getting that process started. And you can do that at supertalk.fm. Now, uh, you're just going to let me roll. Aren't I'm, you, I'm just going to let you go. <laughs> you're doing a great job. Why would I get in the way of that? Come on, Kelly. You're like, just keep talking, Kelly. I'm, I'm about to go for uh, snacks. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not necessary in this process. You're doing a fantastic job. We did have some good news this week. A lot of folks can get excited about this. Uh, they broke ground Wednesday on a new casino and travel center in Louisville. I don't know if you heard about that. The Pearl River Resort Louisville Plaza is gonna feature gaming, a truck stop, a restaurant, a sports bar. Overall, it's gonna be a $25 million project and it's gonna employ approximately 100 people. I always love it when new jobs are created in Mississippi. Oh, definitely. That's expected to open next summer. Now, let me, now, let me ask you. If you're on the coast you. this weekend. Oh, yeah, go yes. ahead. Go ahead. No, go oh, ahead. Oh, I hear the music. 
Well, yeah. if you're on oh, the coast this weekend, you're it's fine. spring break weekend. Spring break weekend. Beware of the traffic. Watch out for those cones. They're doing the best they can. All my kids are out of school. I quit caring about spring break. I still have to show up for work, <laughs> so it doesn't impact me anymore. If you had to travel around it, you wouldn't be saying that, Dave. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Just very quickly, we got about 20 seconds. Jackson Trash, are you coming up here with a trailer and a pickup? I mean, what, how is this getting resolved? Man, if I could step in and help out those residents, I would. It's horrible what they're going through. I hope they solve it soon. Senator England said mm, he doesn't know if the governor would call a special session, but maybe it's time. It could be. We'll wait and see. Kelly Bennett, you'll find out from Super Talk Mississippi News, the presenter of Deadlines. Hope to talk to you again soon. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, is everybody ready? I'm ready. Ready here. Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. To middays on Super Talk Mississippi Live, as always in the Element Wealth Studios. Dave Hughes here. And Rhino, we have a text on the ceasefire text line that says howdy rhino says howdy i'll be quiet you're rhino for this text says howdy rhino can you give me a start time for rebel baseball today thanks rhino oh i they have not changed the start time as far as i know i will glance at my little calendar here where i have all the baseball games and so far it is still a 5 30 or sorry 6 p.m. first pitch. 6 p.m. first pitch. Thanks, I have not heard, I, Thank you. You're welcome. I have not heard of any changes. However, um, because of the weather, rain, yeah, uh, that you know, this time of year that always lurks. Uh, but so if, far, no if changes. we keep going like we've been going so far this year, the baseball schedule is going to be a mess before we're done. Well, there was about. Three years no, it's probably twenty nineteen, maybe twenty eighteen, where I don't think we went a week without having a game change because uh game time change because of weather. It's yeah. like every single week. And then some years you have them if you do this enough you notice patterns. There's some years where you have very little. So far this year we've had quite a few. But not as many as you'd think. Yeah, and it, it might be fine from this point forward. Well, yeah, we had a game this year uh, between Ole Miss and Southern where they basically had to cancel it after the third or fourth inning because field conditions. Not because of rain, but because the field wasn't properly prepared. Well, no, let's call it what it was. It was in lousy shape. I think they had just laid the sod or something. It like looked that. like a goat ranch. <laughs> that was the problem out at Trustmark. But I, I, I supposedly that's fixed now. I guess I think it's fixed because I think the Bra- the Mississippi Braves. I think their season starts today. Mm. Am I wrong about that? No, I think it's already started because they played Has the it? Shuckers. Uh, oh, did they? Yeah. Okay. A few days back, I think it was last week. They played the Shuckers, and the Shuckers just owned them. Shucked them. They, they they played like they had a good field. 
So, yeah. Uh, I hope the weather holds this afternoon. Our, our uh, friend, your friend of mine, Rebecca, out on the road today. Yeah, she is in Laurel, and I'm not going to say whether it's happening or not, but we may have a special guest star of a certain hit TV show yeah. making an appearance. Yeah, I, I think so. That person is based in Laurel. You can do the math from there. You figure it out. Might. I don't know if it's going to happen, but uh, that's that's the rumor going around. She might be in someone's <clears throat> hometown, <laughs> so we'll we'll find out if they're actually home or if they're, you know, busy. We'll see uh, today. Of course, two until three o'clock. Uh, going to be a good time. Then Garden Mama's out on the road tomorrow. She is. She's going to be in Greenwood at the Greenwood Marketplace, where they're just ba- that place must sell everything from beer to to plants, which, you know, you first you plant the the plants and then you drink the beer, I guess. Well, obviously, uh, <laughs> Nellie is showing up for the beer, right? <laughs> yeah, beer and plants, we know which one she's showing up for. It's that time of year, though, where everybody's out there, you know, once this rain kind of clears out of the way, everybody's out there planting everything. You see people out, and you're, we were talking about our lawns earlier, but people out there, you know, planting stuff. Uh, my wife is planting stuff that will soon die. Uh, because she kills every plant that she touches, apparently. she It's like she she decides she plants it, and then the water stuff, that, that that's on the plant to get the water, right? I don't have to do that. Yeah, no, no. That's a, it's, it's you know, set it loose and let it survive in the wild like, it, like yeah, it's supposed if to. If it's strong enough, it, it will survive. <laughs> yes, we're going to weed out the weaklings and have only the strong plants. That makes sense, but I can relate to that because... Early in my career, I'm talking 80s, like 86, 87, somebody, a listener, showed up and brought me a gift. They brought me one of those little tiny cactuses that you can put on your desk. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was cool. So I took it and I put it on my desk. And, and I was all excited. I was like, hey, I got me a cactus. It lasted three days. How do you kill a cactus? I'm just looking for an explanation of how I pulled it off because That's I have difficult. killed a cactus in three days. That's difficult. So, yes, I have a black thumb, but this time of year I always look at it like this. Well, I can't kill them till I get them planted, so you got to go through the process. I try not to walk in the room where the houseplants are at my house. My wife loves uh, Monsteras. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the yeah. ones with the, the holes and the, the variegations and all the, the stuff. I don't know. I, I've never learned about plants because every time I try to get close enough to examine one, it just wilts. So I just leave them alone. I'm not big on planting. I never have been big on it. But uh, my parents were big gardeners, and they grew a vegetable garden, a huge vegetable garden every year. And I think that's the reason why I don't like it is because I was forced to go out there and pick and you know shell bean you know all that kind of stuff that you have to do with it and they had a huge it was so big in fact people would come up and take vegetables from it and they'd never know yeah you know it'd be one plant that you know was picked clean and they wouldn't know who who did it but we got so much we don't care it wouldn't matter yeah yeah so i think that's the reason why i don't like it there's probably a reason why i don't eat vegetables uh because as a kid i was forced to do all this stuff you don't eat vegetables because meat exists and we both know it ricky and aberdeen on the ceasefire text line said i thought i was the only one that had a wife that would plant and not water she'll put stuff out and just will not water it just drives me crazy 
And Dustin, I wasn't aware I had relatives in Walnut, but apparently the, he's my brother from another mother. He he texted in and said, Goat Ranch, surely it wasn't that bad. So, yes, the, the, we share a sense of humor, if nothing else, because that's awesome. Thank Bubba and Starkville much. says, forecast is perfect for tonight. I'm in Starkville. Well, good. Awesome. And aren't they doing a concert? I think they're doing a concert. Is it Saturday night, tomorrow night? Yeah, I think it's do tomorrow a night. Yeah. On the field? Yes. That's very interesting. Yeah. It's going to go well. I Could you imagine the groundskeepers? Well, I'm assuming at least one of them will have some sort of cardiac infarction at some point during this just, while they're dragging equipment out there and everything just else. Just watching the, yeah. the people out there. You know, because somebody's going to show up with boots on, you know. Oh, yes, and stomp the entire time they're there. They're going to stomp all over the field. So, yeah, my heart goes out to the groundskeepers in Starkville, but it will work out. It'll be fine. They'll, they'll very deservingly grumble about it, but they'll have it in great shape and it'll be fine. So I don't think it's going to be a problem. Not in the long run. Short term? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you hear about the enormous theft in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania? No. I have questions. They had a truck, and when I say a truck, you may think a truck holding currency would be like a Brinks truck. No, this was an 18-wheeler. Big tractor trailer, big, big trailer. Inside the trailer was $750,000 in dimes. Why just in dimes? I'm not sure. I haven't found that out yet. But somebody broke in and stole $200,000 worth of dimes. That, by the way, in case you're curious, is five tons of dimes they stole overnight. Uh, uh, well, and here's the explanation right here. The driver had picked up the coins at the Mint in Philadelphia and was headed to Florida. I don't know why Florida needed, what would that be, uh, 15, 20 tons of dimes, but they were getting them. The driver parked in the parking lot and went home, left the truck sitting there to go get some sleep. In a Walmart parking lot. In a Walmart parking lot. And came back, and the back was open, and there are dimes scattered everywhere because somebody busted it open. Oh, I see the picture of it. Yeah. It, it looks like snow. Yes. But, but it's it, actually dimes. It's dimes. But here's my question. Who has a vehicle that can handle five tons of dimes for the getaway? If not, how many vehicles were involved are even more embarrassing for them. How many trips did they make? Did they only get $200,000 worth of the dimes because the sun came up and they got scared? And I understand you know, people steal anything, but what are you going to do with them? I don't know. That is, somebody is sitting at home right now. I don't know if you've ever, because we've always had like a change jar at the house. We don't yeah. really have yeah, one anymore one. because we don't do a lot with cash. So we always had the change jar, and when your pocket got too downloaded with change, uh, too, too weighted down, you would just grab it and throw it in the change jar. And then what would happen? When you wanted to do something with it, you had to gather around the dining room table and roll it all. Somebody's really busy right now. Or, you know, they have those machines in the grocery stores now where you could just pour the money in and they take a percentage or something. But I would imagine that 
at some point, the, even the machine may be like, oh, that's a lot of dimes. Yeah, it's like, wait a minute. And they just are fresh from the mint, so you know they got the sharp edges on them. So, yeah, somebody has to roll because it's $200,000 worth of dimes. Do your math. That's two million dimes. No, thank you. I'll, I'll steal that. They should have stole the tires off the truck. It'd be easier to get rid of. <laughs> News up next. Keep it here. Middays with Gerard. Good for America. Good for fans of justice and truth. Good for us. Super Talk Mississippi. This is what we stand for. The yellow brick road leads right to the silver dime paved Walmart parking lot. Will somebody drop the dime on the suspects? Uh, uh, well, they may drop a dime on themselves. Will they get a dime in uh, in uh, the clink because of said robbery? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. They're saying they may charge the guy driving the truck for leaving it there. <laughs> He parked it in a Walmart. $750,000 worth of currency, no matter what form it is. Parks it in the parking lot of a Walmart, then goes home. Then goes home to get a good night's sleep. And he lives in Philadelphia. Yeah. So he he picked it up from the Mint in Philadelphia, drove it to a Walmart in Philadelphia, and left it to go home and sleep in Philadelphia before driving it to Florida. Why didn't you just leave it at the Mint? You're still in town. You haven't even gotten out of town yet. Maybe an insider job. I have to wonder if the, we're not going to find out that uh, there may have been a little... Uh, he, he, <laughs> they may have broke him off a few rolls of those dimes in the process. <laughs> go get you a pallet. <laughs> I would look at that driver. I would go check all the security cameras and see if he's been to a coin store recently. Because <laughs> there, there may be a connection here. going to be a busy, busy week. Just saying. Coin store. You know, I got, we, we haven't talked about this. i got a question. And this, to me, exemplifies uh, kind of being dumb, just to appear dumb to me. The whole thing with the guy that leaked the classified documents in the Minecraft channel on Discord, uh, Minecraft Earth is where it wound up. It had two or three other channels that went through as well. Uh 21 years old, and the narrative today, you may have noticed, is from politicians and from pundits and everyone else, how, we need to find out, how did he get this information? How could he possibly have gotten his hands on this? You've heard that today, right? Mm -hmm. He joined the Air National Guard in September of 2019, worked as a cybersecurity systems journeyman where he held the highest level of security clearance granted by the federal government for top secret information. How is it a question how he got his hands on it? That's literally what he did was handle top secret information. How did he get the top secret information? This young man that was, his job was handling top secret information. We've got to get to the bottom of this. Either you're really that stupid that you can't figure out how the top-secret, highest-level-of-clearance guy got his hands on top-secret information, or you're trying to be dumb for whatever purpose. It just aggravates me. You know, 
it's not the first time this has happened. Uh, uh, what was his name? Uh, Chelsea is Chelsea Manning now. Yes. I don't know what he was before. She was before, but um, was a young person with the top clearance that you could possibly get. I mean, you, you think that you have to go through all these deals yeah. to get that level, but 21 years old. Apparently, they, they hand them out like popcorn. I mean, it's just no big deal to get a top level. because. And I'm reading from the Fox News article about this. Uh, he held the highest level of security clearance granted by the federal government for top secret information. He had the tippity-top clearance level. So why all of the yelling and the narrative about, well, we need to get to the bottom of this and figure out how he managed to get his hands on these documents? It was literally his job to handle those documents. We know this. Do you notice how fast they moved on this? I mean, they had helicopters. I saw a, yes. a radar of the, all the helicopters swarming this guy's house. They're sending in the military, all this kind of stuff. Yet the Dobbs case, the leaker in that, is still unknown. Yeah, and we'll stay that way because we don't want to. Well, let's not poke that bear. This 21-year-old, and I'm sorry, I realize now, this is the kind of thing that drives it home to me. I am getting old. You know how I can tell? I look at the face of this 21-year-old. I look at the picture, his military ID picture, I assume, uh, of the 21-year-old. He's 12. Thank you. He looks 12 years old to me and had the highest top secret security clearance level granted by the federal government. You can't be given a higher clearance level than he had. Wow, how'd this happen? And it's embarrassed the nation. Yes. And now everybody is, you know, again, in positions of power. I've heard several people say it today. We must get to the bottom of this and find out how he got his hands on this information. He gave it to him. That's like that's like saying you're going to launch an investigation to figure out how your plumber got his hands on a wrench. That's literally his job. To me, I think it kind of goes right beside the fact that a lot of the people in charge think you're stupid. They think you can't add two and two together and come up with a whole number, much less four. That's just kind of symbolic of that to me. Coming up after news, we've got news from Fox and from Super Talk Mississippi News. Roger Barrett with the Patriot Guard Riders is going to join us. Something very important happening this afternoon. Right here in the Jackson area. We'll talk about that after the news on Middays, live in the Element Wealth Studios on Super Talk Mississippi. The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Begin your transition now. Now on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, Super Talk Mississippi on a Friday, middays. Dave Hughes in the chair, live in the Element Well Studios. 
And I'm joined now in the studio by Roger Barrett with the Patriot Guard Riders. How are you doing today, Roger? I'm fine, Dave. How are you? Uh, doing good. You brought your boss with you, so that's yes. good. <laughs> we, we got this under control. You're being you're being monitored, so that's everything's right. fine over there. Uh, now, before we get into what's happening this afternoon... Uh, out at the Medgar Evers Airport. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Patriot Guard Riders. What, what is this organization? What, what do you folks do? Well, Dave, uh, Patriot Guard started back in 2005 uh, in Oklahoma. And uh, we started mainly back then because of the Westboro Baptist Church. It was doing the protests and during the height of it, uh, Afghanistan. And uh, so that's basically how it started. We do uh, now, of course, Afghanistan is gone, but we still uh, welcome home KIAs. But uh, we do veterans' funerals on the request of the family. And we also do funerals for uh, all of our first responders. and, um, And that is just a way of showing our honor and respect for them and thanking them for what they do or for what they did to our country. Well, that's exactly right because they they you can do no bigger service for America than laying down your life in defense of it. Whether it's locally, whether it's overseas, wherever, that that's huge. That's right. That's a big deal. Now, you mentioned KIA, and I want to make sure everybody knows what we're talking about. That's killed in action. Killed in action. That's right. Uh, somebody that was killed in the middle of a conflict somewhere else. But the event that's happening today is, I'm not going to say it's unique. I wish it was. I wish this was the only one we had ever had or ever would. But this isn't as simple as somebody that was just killed in action and being brought home. No. There's a story here. That's right. Tell, tell us about this story. Tell us about who's coming home today and, and what it means. Uh, Dave, um, Second Lieutenant Theodore Frank Scarborough, he, uh, he's from Brooklyn, Mississippi. Uh, he joined the service, uh, U.S. Army Air Corps. Uh, in 1943, he was a part of the uh, 354th Bomber uh, Bomber Group. Uh, they had a big operation called Tidal Wave, uh, where there was 177 bombers, B-24s, left Romania, uh, left uh, I'm sorry, left Libya, and they were bombing. Uh, the German oil fields in Romania. Uh, out of the 177 uh, bombers, there was 51 that was shot down. Uh, Lieutenant Scarborough was on one of those planes that got shot down. Uh, he was a bombardier. So uh, after the war, the Romanian people got all the remains, and they were buried in cemeteries in Romania. And then in uh, 2017, DPAA released enough uh, for a group to go there, get the remains, and they were brought back uh, to other cemeteries. And then um, some of them go to um, Hawaii. Uh, his remains were brought to uh, Offutt Air Force Base in Nebraska, 
they identified him through D, you know, DNA and other things. And uh, on uh, September the seventh last year, his, they notified the family that his remains had been identified. So uh, after a long process. Uh, the Army turned him over to the family, and the family's bringing him home, and uh, he's landing at the airport this afternoon at 610. And uh, we as the Patriot Guard, we're going to be there to escort him out, escort him down to Florence at least. But he's on his way to Hattiesburg, the funeral home down there. And uh, he will be buried next weekend in uh, Baldwin, Mississippi. This was a process. I'm at Brooklyn, Mississippi. To get to to get to today, this was a process because you said uh, he he was finally identified. What in September? September of 22. Yes. And it took until now to get him actually home. And he was That's in right. America at that point. His, That's right. his remains were there, and it took that long to get through mm-hmm. the process. Red tape. You got to love it uh, to get him back to here. That's a long time to fight for something like this. It is, Dave. But two, you've. Uh, those graves have remains of multiple people in them. So it took a while for them to go through all the remains and just say, okay, this one is Scarborough, this one so-and-so, you know, all the way down. So it's it's a great process. It takes a long time to get it done. Well, and I think it's wonderful because I would be willing to bet the majority of people don't realize that kind of process goes on and is still going on mm-hmm. uh, for people from, in, in this particular case, World War II. That's I mean, right. it's, this goes back a minute, but we're still working to get everybody home. That's right. And that's important. It is. Uh, we have done several here in the state, and i uh, very thankful for that. Uh, my goal is I would uh, love to get every one of them home because this is where they belong. Uh and the government is doing uh, so much better now than they did in past years trying to get all these uh, veterans at home, you know. So uh, it's a great honor for us to be able to do what we're doing uh, to get him home and get him to his family. Uh, it's – I can't express how, how it makes you feel just uh, uh We'll be there at Plainside Honors this afternoon, and when he comes off that airplane, welcome home, you know. Well, and I, that that brings me to something else, and you and I talked about this briefly uh, before we got started here. We we need some people out there. That's right. We need some folks, that, not Patriot Guard, we need you out there, we need everybody else out there, but we, we need just regular people to show yeah. up, just give a few minutes of your time to, to show your respects. That's right. I would love to see the highways and all this filled with people uh, welcoming this young man home because he's been gone 79 years, and uh, we're bringing him home. And that that is important. Yes, it is. And I guarantee Uh, you, if you show up and you help line the road today, by the time you're gone, by the time it's over and you leave, if you didn't see how important it was – you will see it by the and, time we're done. And I guarantee you, you'll have a tear in the eye. Uh, we're going we're gonna to go out Airport Road to, uh, to Interstate 20, down Interstate 20 to 49 and 49 South. So 
anybody from Pearl, Richland, Florence, uh, please, let's get out there. and uh, uh, It won't take long uh, just to welcome this young man home. And the same way on 49 at Hattiesburg, because that's, that's, that's right. where you're getting off. So I'd love to have a crowd there. That's waiting. right. Uh, he well. will be at Hewlett Winstead Funeral Home in Hattiesburg. So uh, we need to just welcome him home. And like I say, he'll be there all week. And I, I can't say this word enough. This is important for a lot of different reasons. It's important. It's important to the family. It's important mm-hmm. to the state. It's important for the country. And it's important in a way that a lot of people are not going to think about. It's important for those men and women that are serving right now. It's important for them to realize that no matter what happens, they're not going to be forgotten, Mm -hmm. ever. Because, trust me, this is a perfect situation. Seventy how many years? Seventy-nine. Seventy-nine years. Still haven't forgotten. His plane went down August the 1st, 1943. So that it's important in that respect as well. Uh, there's a lot of different things, and I, I, if you don't think they're paying attention, your your servicemen and women, uh, when something like this happens, oh, trust me, it, it, they pay attention to this, and it means something. It That's means right. a lot to them, right. uh, and they deserve that. The mm-hmm. ones that are still serving even now mm-hmm. deserve to see a show of support for this. That's right. So we. You you've got an extra twenty minutes. You you complain about how busy you are. You got you can break twenty minutes off mm-hmm. to go right. be there and show your respects and support this. Dave, uh, this red shirt I got on it's for remember the ones that's deployed. It re- remember all of them. Never forget. And this Lieutenant Scarborough, he'll never be forgotten. Never forget. That is awesome. Six ten this afternoon. The plane lands. Get out there anywhere along the route. And line it and let's show some support. Roger Barrett, I mean, I thank you for what you're doing, by the way. Yes, sir. Thank you it's very much. It's very appreciated and very needed. And uh, keep up the good work and keep us updated as we have more stories like this. Yes, sir. Because we want to be a part of that as well. Yes, sir. We'll continue on Super Talk Mississippi right after this. Keep it here. This program. Gerard Gibbert. Here we go. This is huge, huge, huge news. Huge, huge, huge news. Huge. You need to listen to this. Middays with Gerard. Super Talk, Mississippi. Mississippi Middays, live in the Element Well Studios. That, it it kind of warms your heart a little bit to see things like that yeah, going on. Just, I mean, it's for a tragic reason. We don't like the reason, but ultimately it is for a good reason. appreciate the support. Yes, yes, it's very important. We need to show our support for that as well, so get out there. This you, you, you got all of Highway 49 from Jackson to Hattiesburg uh, where you can find a spot. Yep. No trouble. There is no wrong spot for you to get. 
just to show your respects as they go by. So that's a, that's a very good thing. We've had several people on the ceasefire text line explaining that having a top-secret clearance doesn't give him access to everything. A lot of stuff is on a need-to-know basis, talking about the, the leaker. said somebody, uh, Mark from Gulfport said somebody dropped the ball and he took advantage of it. The story is, by the way, he he wasn't. This wasn't Edward Snowden 2.0. This was not trying to leak things to expose something. This was a 20-year-old, a 21-year-old, in a video game chat channel showing off to his friends. Yeah, <laughs> that that's literally what this was. He what the the documents had been there since March first, and we found out about it this week. They've been sitting there for over a month, and nobody noticed he was literally showing off to his buddies. That that was it. That was the entire motivation here, uh, which does bring up but, your point. Uh, you know, twenty-one-year-old with a top-level security clearance yeah. around that having the ability to access it. Yeah, but what was the media's first reaction when they heard this? Their, their first reaction was. Russian hackers. Oh, yes, obviously. Spin the wheel. Russian hackers. It's always Russian hackers. It was a Minecraft player. It It was was... a Minecraft guy. That was it. Hey, guys, I got a cool job. Look at this. Look at this. Let me me explain some stuff. And and just started doing what a 21-year-old guy would do in any situation, showing off for his buddies and flexing. That was it. Russian hackers. That does, though, as you watch this unfold, you will watch the narrative continue to be massaged. Uh, I did, I I have to give him credit, I did kind of like President Biden's response when they asked him about it in North Ireland. He said, oh, I, I, I don't care. I mean, I care that it happened, but I don't care about the information released. There was nothing there that was any big deal. There was not really anything, and this was the quote from him and from people in the military, nothing of any consequence was included. I will. That's what's been said. But the initial reaction, yeah, it's a gamer boy. Yeah. Biden's over there in Ireland right now taking selfies with uh, terrorists. Literally. Yes. Joe Biden po- poses for a selfie with alleged IRA member Jerry Adams. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Thomas, you might have a point. Thomas uh, texted in screenshot of a tweet. By the way, Twitter no longer exists. That was revealed in a court filing a couple of days ago. Uh, technically, the corporation is now called X Corp, the letter X Corp. Uh-huh. That was revealed in a court filing where it says Twitter doesn't exist anymore. It's now X. Perfect. Uh, anyway, he, he sent this in uh, with somebody saying that there was something nefarious going on with the leaker case. And somebody asked, what, what do you think, uh, what's the point of it then? And they responded with the Restrict Act that they're still trying to get through. They keep referring to it, or they were for the longest time, until everybody caught on, uh, as it was the bill to ban TikTok. It turns out it's the bill to take over the entire Internet, basically, and criminalize everything and give them the ability to watch you through your ring camera without a warrant. Yeah. 
you know, it, it's just ridiculous the level that's at. So is it a distraction? I don't know that I would go that far down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole, but at this point, can it really be 100% ruled out? I don't think so. Well, the, I know the administration is looking into expanding how it monitors social media sites and chat rooms uh, in kind of response to this leak. I know that's yep. one thing that's going on. But at the same time, the administration is turning to social media influencers to help them connect with young voters. So it's kind of... Yes. Well, and maybe maybe that was Biden's point, taking the picture with the terrorist. He's trying to get that terrorist vote. <laughs> is, that, is that it? I think he's already got it, probably. That's his terrorist influencer he, he's brought onto the team. Um, yeah, well, I, I think the point about the Restrict Act and about all of this and about the government suddenly deciding, hey, 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 we can't let other people steal your information, that's our job. Uh, I, I, I think that one thing that they have forgotten when it comes to specifically TikTok. It's used by 150 million Americans. Not total, that's just in America. And trust me, they ain't all kids. There's a whole bunch of voters, there's a whole bunch of taxpayers, and if you really want to get a group stirred up, I'm not sure it's the group of, you know, over a third of the population of America who is extremely social media aware and activist minded. I'm not sure that's the anthill you want to kick over, is it? I don't think so, but. But when you have enough hubris for three normal people, you assume oh, I'm going to be able to handle this. It's no problem. It's no big deal. Nothing to it. I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's about to start ending poorly for a lot of people, I'm afraid. We'll see. Yes, Bobby and Batesville, did you see that? Uh, somebody, uh, I think it was a kid, but somebody asked President Biden a question, and his son Hunter, uh, I assume with a ring of white powder around a nostril, but I haven't seen that, so I don't know, uh, had to lean over and to explain to his dad what, what they were talking about. So Hunter's on the trip? Oh, yeah. He went on the trip with him. To Ireland? Yes. He loaded up. More than one way he's loaded up. Oh, oh he's, he's totally loaded up from every possible <laughs> angle. I'm sure he is fully loaded up for this trip. Let's take a known addict to Ireland and see what happens. Yeah, it's going to work great. <laughs> But yeah, he he rode with him on Air Force One. There, there. I've seen a picture oh, of him gosh. escorting his father out of the plane. Hunter Biden escorting the President of the United States down the steps of Air Force One in a foreign country. If you still sleep well tonight, you're not paying attention. Did you Did you hear this soundbite from President Biden? Hang on, let me pull it up here. This was This is perfect. Heart. There's nothing our nations can't achieve if we do it together. I really mean it. So thank you all. God bless you all. Let's go. Let's go lick, lick the world. Let's get it done. <laughs> let's go. Let's. He said, "Let's go lick the world. Let's get it done." <laughs> you know, in light of everything we know and everything we've seen over the years, that may have been the most Freudian of slips in history. I mean, on the bright side, I'm sure the camera and the microphone didn't pick up when Hunter leaned forward and said, No, Dad, it snort the world. It snort it. It's the wrong word, Dad. <sighs> Lick the and world. And if we had a news media that really cared about all this stuff, who wanted to, you know, 
who was actually not toting water for said administration, they'd be all over this. Well, and part of the problem here is, you know, the the change in vernacular. Uh, Because once upon a time, lick was a very common term that you used to beat somebody. Take them on and win. Uh, We're going to lick them. We're going to lick this problem. We're, 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 uh, yeah, there's a big conflict going on, but we're going to get our boys together and we're going to lick them. You know, back in the 1800s when Biden was a kid. So we have now reached the point to where the people in charge of everything are so old and from such a different generation that they're using words that no longer mean what they meant when they first came into power. So I get it's still ludicrous. It's still a ridiculous statement to make, no matter what, if he had substituted it with a synonym for his intended meaning and saying, you know, let's all band together and let's go beat him up. That's still a stupid statement. But this is a great example of what happens when you have the oldest president in the country's history, the oldest house in the country's history, the oldest Senate in the country's history. At some point, you got to go home. Well, they're trying to push Diane Feinstein out right now. Have you yeah. seen that? She has requested to be replaced on the Judiciary Committee because they can't get any of Biden's federal judge appointees confirmed because she's not there to vote. She's already announced she's not running for re-election. She's the oldest person in the Senate. You know how old she is? You know her age? Uh-uh. She's 89. 89! Making decisions! This is a problem. Gerard Gibbert, going beyond the headlines, breaking down the stories that matter to Mississippi. Middays with Gerard on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Middays on a Friday, headed into a weekend. Dave Hughes live in the Element Well Studios, Will East over in the booth. Ray on the coast said he's getting Hunter international diplomat experience to run for president. He already has international finance experience. Yeah, how how big of an industry is power in Ireland? He might be on a board. He might have just they might have been saving fuel. They just—it's the big version of—it's the Biden version of carpooling, possibly. Somebody else said, "Oh, he's just there to sell his paintings." <sighs> I haven't seen any of his paintings. Is he any good? Probably not. Uh, it's my guess. You know, when you when you have a tendency to, I'm sure at times, eat the paint. Uh, you're probably <laughs> not turning out enormous works of valuable art, but that's just Sniffing me. It. Yeah. yeah, he might be, he might be good. I don't know. I haven't seen any of his works. And by the way, uh, I have just shown you you went along for the ride. The entirety of the amount of effort I'm going to take to try to find one to see it. I'm done. Don't care. Doesn't matter. But here we are. 
I've got a question for you. All right. Because this is this is a big topic right now, and it continues to be a big topic, and it's just going to get bigger. The whole artificial intelligence, the chat GPT, and all the various things uh, that Have are going on. Have you used on. the AI yet? Yes. Yes. I have too. It's it's actually really cool. It is incredibly neat. What worries me is the fact that so many people obviously watched the science fiction shows and movies in the 70s and 80s and, and read the novels from the 40s forward in science fiction, and instead of taking them as cautionary tales, are looking at them as instruction manuals. Chemists, here's a fun story for you regarding this. Chemists have given GPT-4, ChatGPT, the latest one, access to chemical databases and control of off-the-shelf lab robotics to create an intelligent agent system capable of autonomously designing, planning, and executing complex scientific experiments. So basically, they gave it arms, they gave it legs, access to a chemical lab, and turned it loose. How did anyone think that was a good idea? Have they not seen Terminator yet? Thank you! <laughs> That's my point. Skynet will be along momentarily. If you could just have Sarah Connor's bags packed, they would appreciate it. We just keep d d d doing stupid stuff to do stupid stuff. It's It's so quick and intelligent. I, yes. I remember I had it write a story for me. I said, you know, write a story about such, and I can't remember what it was exactly, but I said, write a story about such and such and do it in the form of Shakespeare. And within 30 seconds, it pops out this, you wouldn't know the difference. Yes. Yeah. Uh, hold on. I'm going to log into it right here. Chat GPT. <laughs> I've got it right here. I'm going to log in. Uh, let me see. Da, 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 da. Yes, I know I have to log in. That's how this works. Thank you. This is as live as it gets in radio, by the way. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to get Will to uh, go ahead and give me uh, give me a, 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 a prompt, a, a story, something you wanted to write, something you'd like it to spit out. Uh, no pressure. Wanna, do you want to do something political or? Doesn't matter. Something for fun. Something fictional. Just whatever. And then I'm going to read it to you. Okay. What are Joe Biden's views on gun control? Oh, this will be good. Views on gun control. Enter. As of my knowledge cutoff date in September 2021, Joe Biden has been a longtime advocate of gun control measures. Throughout his political career, he has expressed support for various policies aimed at reducing gun violence and promoting public safety. Some of his key views and proposals on gun control include expanding background checks. Biden has consistently pushed for universal background checks, which would require background checks for all gun sales, including those at gun shows and between private individuals, banning assault weapons and high capacity magazines. Biden has advocated for renewing the federal assault weapons ban that expired in 2004. He played a key role in passing the original ban in 1994 when he was a U.S. Senator. He has also called for banning high-capacity magazines that hold more than 10 rounds. Implementing a voluntary buyback program. Biden has proposed a voluntary <laughs> buy. This is still writing. Yeah. It's way ahead. I can't read it as fast as it's spitting it out, but All this right. is what it's giving us. All right. 
uh, ask it to. Let's see. Yeah, let's do something good. Write an article about swim safety in the form of Shakespeare. Write an article about swim safety in the style, I'm going to say, right. of Billy Shakes. <laughs> okay. Title, Swim Safety, a sonnet of, sonnet of aquatic prudence. <laughs> <laughs> In fair aquatic realms where we lay our scene, a tale of caution must we now unfold. For those who venture in the watery blue to swim and frolic midst the waves of old. In Neptune's realm, take heed, dear friends, take heed. For dangers lurk beneath the briny deep. To master skills of swimming is a must. For safety's sake, our hearts to duly keep. First, know thine limits, gentle swimmers all, and venture not alone in waters wild. A trusted friend or kin to watch and guide can help thee shun the perils, tender child. To learn, it's still okay. going, by the way. You get the idea. I mean, that, that's incredible that it did it that fast. Yeah, and it's still going. But yeah, I, it's literally, I start reading the second it pops up, and I can't keep up. I can't keep up with how fast it's composing this and spitting it out. So if you've if you haven't played with it, there's a little sneak peek of yeah. how it works. You just ask it a simple question in plain language, and it just gives you the answer. That's amazing. It's like Google on steroids. Basically. It really is. Uh, there are you know I've been reading stories about realtors. You know when you are a realtor is probably some of you listening right now. You've sold a home. You got to write a description of said home, you know, and you always come up with these flower, you know, these great terms, you know, has this huge, um, uh, you know, backyard and all this kind of stuff. They use this AI to write those nowadays. Yes. I just got a text from uh, from my buddy Butch. He says, "Ask it about Captain Kirk's views on medical marijuana." Oh boy. <laughs> Uh, what are Captain Kirk's views on medical marijuana? Ask it that. <laughs> I just have to say, uh, that's a heck of a question. Thank you for that. Yeah, As a fictional character, Captain James T. Kirk from the Star Trek television series and movies does not have personal opinions or views on contemporary <laughs> political or societal issues, including medical marijuana. However, the actor who played Captain Kirk, William Shatner, has expressed support for medical marijuana in the past. Shatner has mentioned using medical cannabis products for pain management and inflammation, specifically for conditions like arthritis. It's important to note that the opinions of an actor do not necessarily reflect those of their characters. <laughs> It's got an answer for everything. Oh, here's here's a good one. Uh, ask it to ask it if Brian Haydad is a secret Ole Miss fan. Oh, is <laughs> now before I hit enter, I haven't hit enter yet. I'm trying to decide if the best possible response would be who's Brian Haydad. <laughs> We're gonna see. Let's see. Enter. Uh, let's see. As a buh, 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 as an AI language model, I'm unable to provide real time or personal information about specific individuals. Uh, uh, so he doesn't qualify. He's not that big time yet. He's not AI yeah, he's, big time. Yet. He's not okay. in the AI. 
Uh, and uh, the information, you know, ends in September of 2021 that this model was trained on. Oh, really? Yeah. So anytime between then and now, he could have become a secret Ole Miss fan, and this thing wouldn't know. Oh, he's going to be so angry. 662 on the text line, you guys are creeping me out. You're welcome. Have a great weekend. Uh, well, th- this is giving a peek because this is all over the news. Everybody's talking and, and about it. And people are using it. And I people know are school, using it, yes. I know, I know schools are using it. Uh, students are probably using it to write papers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's happening Businesses all over are the using place. It. I was reading an article last night about people that have jobs that involve analyzing data or creating content that are finding work-from-home jobs and using this. They're doing like five full-time jobs at one time in the same amount of time they were originally doing one job because they can take a job that would take eight hours and this thing will do it in 20 minutes because it is just like that. So, yeah, this is real. This exists, and I guarantee you You know somebody using it. You're not aware of it yet, but you know somebody. I have no doubt. Final segment. We should have started this at the beginning. It could have been three hours of asking chat GBT questions. It'll replace us next, probably. Yeah, Yeah. all we need to do is hook it up to the mic, and we're good to go. You and I could go to lunch. Final break in the Element Well Studios. Final segment up next on Super Talk Mississippi. Gerard Gibbert. He keeps his classified documents right where they belong. Inside a Journey record jacket from the 1980s. Gerard Gibbert. Super Talk Mississippi. that about chat gpt replacing us i've i've got it writing a close for the show for today so <laughs> we'll read that out in a minute i got it, I got it writing a 60 second script the prompt i gave it was create a script to end a, con- a conservative talk radio show called middays that's 60 seconds long that's what i typed in it is typing away like crazy so in a minute that's how we'll end the show chat gpt will end the show oh oh you're going to be amazed because i'm looking at it going yeah well apparently we're predictable yeah, I, when you and I've had this happen. I, I've looked at it and I go, "Oh, that's good. I like yeah, that." Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, really? <laughs> right. And but yeah, they it it knows all the notes to hit. It knows every day. So yeah, we'll uh, go to CNN. Who are they employing as a courtroom artist? What in the heck? I could do Hunter Biden could do better than this. Oh yeah. You see Terrible. that? Yeah. Number 1, the defendant looks like he's about 40. No, he looks 12. It looks nothing like that picture the picture of the leaker guy. He he looks like he's 12 years old. This looks like he's in his late 30s. 
This this looks like he's in his late 30s, early 40s, and a Hispanic man. And it looks like Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes at age 50, dressed in a suit and tie as his representative standing next to him. The the courtroom artist, is that that job still perplexes me. I'm amazed it still exists. I know. And I guess the reason why you have it is because... Judges sometimes say you can't take pictures in courtrooms, right? Yes. So you got somebody there sketching it out. Yes. But right in this it. day and age, there's probably an, an app that will probably do it. I right? would think so, because all this artificial intelligence stuff also ties into image generators. I'm sure you've seen some of that by now. Yeah. And it will it will put out some incredible images just from typing something in. But how many... in I wonder how many of those people in the country there are. I don't know. That's a good question. It's a very specific job. Well, I mean, it's it's the one CNN used and all the good ones, so I don't know. But it, it, what else do you do with your time? <laughs> how well does that pay? Who pays you? How much fun do you get made of at Thanksgiving dinner when everybody's talking about their job? And I, I draw cartoons of defendants. Is there a class for that? Can you get a degree in courtroom artist? I don't know. These are all questions we need answers to. And they're to. still being used. Yes. <laughs> Mo said, have they got a student of Picasso's? It, it's not really, it's not surrealist at all, other than the fact that somebody looked at this guy's previous work and said, oh, yeah, we need this one. It's just, um, I don't know. Dan in Hattiesburg says, sounds like Hallmark cards could go out of business. It's entirely possible, yes. Wow. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I just clicked over to the tab, and it caught me off guard. I had no plans to talk about that. That was a spur-of-the-moment thing because it was just so awful. <sighs> couple of quick things. They've put the hurricane forecast out for this season, and they say it's going to be below average. Go team. Yeah. Hopefully that holds to be true. Run out of names again. Uh, Did you hear about the county over in Texas? Yano County, Texas, where they had removed some books from the county library. Some parents sued and said, you can't just take books out of the library without letting us know. Federal judge agreed. A Trump appointee, by the way. Federal judge agreed. And then the county convened a special meeting and said, uh, well, uh, we're just going to discuss it. We may just close the library completely. Heck with it. Just not have a library. And then they got in there and had a discussion and said, well, as it turns out, why don't we just go ahead and keep the library open and we'll just go ahead and follow the ruling and put the books back in and uh, then we'll just file an appeal. Yeah, let's do that. So they made this big splash and then wound up doing nothing. I'll tell you. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. You will never find me in support of banning books. I don't care what they are. I can't get on board with that. I'm not a fan of banning books, but limiting some of them to people of certain ages. Chad GPT has to end the program. All right. This was written by it. 
Well, folks, we've reached the end of another thought-provoking episode of Middays, your prime source for conservative perspectives and engaging dialogues during your lunch break. We appreciate you taking the time to join us today and value your commitment to staying informed <laughs> and involved in the conversation. As we wrap up, remember, it's crucial to stay aware, question the prevailing narratives, and continue to fight for our cherished principles that make this country exceptional. We'd also like to extend our deepest gratitude to the brave men and women in uniform. It keeps going, but you get the idea. Have a great weekend. Uh, Chat GPT will be in the chair starting Monday. See you soon. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.